All right, and welcome back to another episode of Lakers Explained on the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. I am your host, Harrison Fagan, and joining me today, we have a special guest, first-time guest on the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast, but you have probably heard his voice before. He is most famous for uh, the Alex Caruso 16 points uh, clip that was going around on Lakers Twitter. If you, you know, you've probably heard the clip before, and if you haven't, this is uh, kind of, you know, what introduced me to Mike right off the bat. Nothing that will drive me more crazy than losing to freaking average players, which is what Alex Caruso is. How many, how many points tonight? He had 16 points! He had 16 points! Alex Caruso! Unacceptable. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating, man. It's- oh, yeah. God! All right, so, Mike, uh, how is it going? And uh, first of all, and, like, are you feeling better about this loss, would you say, than you did about, you know, game four with uh, Alex Caruso? Man, to me, first of all, it's a pleasure to be on, on the show with you. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on. Uh, to me, I mean, it's still a loss. You know, I don't treat you know, any loss different than any other one, I guess. I mean, getting knocked out of the playoffs is never a good thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I would think that one would maybe be a little more than, yeah. I mean, a little bit, you know, but I mean, last night, you know, still early in the season, it's uh, it's been a tough adjustment period for, for the Rockets, but losing is never fun, no matter the circumstance. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely true, and I do want to get into all that, just kind of the Rockets year and all of that stuff. But before we do, just you know, because you know that that clip, like I'm sure you're aware, has become quite a thing on Lakers Twitter, and so I was just curious, like, do you remember kind of that night and like what was going through your head as that was going on? Did you have any sense that like it would end up resonating as much as it did? No, not really. I mean, for me, I'm just I'm a diehard fan. You know, I grew up here in Houston. The Rockets are my team. Uh, through and through and you know doing the show with Jeremy we've been doing the show since March uh he and I together so the you know I was upset you know let's call it what it is I mean we when the Rockets lose I'm not a happy guy and uh losing the way we did that night I remember it very well and I still feel the same way about Alex Crusoe now as I did then you so you still will not acknowledge or I guess you said average player right mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think average player is probably a fair descriptor for Alex. Like, he is a league average player. Like, I don't know that that's necessarily, like, an insult. Honestly, for him as an undrafted guy, like, a league average player is, like, I mean, that's a success story. Oh, for sure. Uh, first of all, the I don't hate Alex Caruso as, as an individual. No, I, see, you're, I'm not going to let you take that bad. I, I mean, we know by now that you hate Alex Caruso. Well, I, I hate the fact that my- <laughs> destroyed by a average basketball player. I mean, let's call it what it is, but kind of prefacing that statement that he did go to Texas A&M and my sister and my dad both went to the University of Texas. So the the hatred kind of started way before as a joke. I mean, I don't really <laughs> hate him, but here's the facts. I mean, the you know, he averaged what five and a half points per game last year. And when you play the Lakers, I'm okay getting beat by Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I'm not okay getting beat by guys like Alex Caruso and Horton Tucker. Like, that's just not okay to me. And that's why the Lakers are as good as they are, as great as they are. Let's, they are the defending NBA champions, and they beat you in so many different ways. But 
as a fan getting beat by Alex Caruso, it's not okay for the Rockets yeah. the way that they did. No, like, honestly, look, I respect that because a lot of people would have came on and said, ah, you know, it was a joke. It was whatever. Like, we were just kind of playing it up. Like, you're a real fan. And I actually, like, I appreciate that you kind of let that passion out. Like, you you weren't upset with, I, I from what I'm hearing now, like, you weren't necessarily upset with Alex Caruso. You were upset with the Rockets, like, for allowing this guy to score, you know, as you unforgettably put it, 16 points. Um, And I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that you brought up THT because that kind of brings us into, uh, like this series I actually did listen to your pod from last night just as like prep for this one and I was on look man I'm not gonna lie to you I was disappointed that I didn't get like you screaming Taylor Horton Tucker 18 points like I thought that I was hoping that maybe this was just like a recurring bit um where you just screamed at like the kind of least known player that played well against the Rockets defense but um I mean like just uh, you know getting into these games and whatever like how, how hard was it to watch THD put the clamps on Harden last night I think uh, – well, here's the thing. I mean, I don't think I don't think he put the clamps on Harden. I think Harden put the clamps on Harden last night. If you yeah. look at his stat line last night, he was 7 of 14 from the field. I mean, he shot 50%. His problem wasn't getting by, I mean, my favorite guy on the roster for y'all, Alex Caruso, because multiple times he just blew by whoever was covering him. His problem was he only shot the ball 14 times. The Rockets' problem was they turned the ball over 20-plus times And when you turn the ball over against a team as great as the Los Angeles Lakers, they will kill you in that department. The other problem was we couldn't cover Anthony Davis. Christian Wood wants to say that he wants to circle the game on the calendar against the Lakers, which every guy does, whether they say it or not. You know, the Lakers are a premier franchise that every single player in the league should look forward to playing, whether it's at home or away. And Christian even aside from the premier franchise thing, like, I mean, they're the defending champs now. So, like, I mean, teams have always kind of – because you know there's going to be a lot of eyes on you when you play the Lakers. Like, you'll see as – a, as somebody who grew up a Lakers fan, covers the team now, like, you can tell which guy kind of got up for that matchup, especially in losses or whatever where they, you know, like they give up, like, you know – 16 points to Chris Duhon or something like like some random guy like Shaq Harrison you know whatever like um like that guy was ready to play the Lakers and now they're the defending champs like they're normally going to have like that kind of bullseye and like I honestly I I, you know I kind of joked about Christian Woods comment like heading into the game or whatever but yeah I mean absolutely like he should like want to compete against the Lakers and like have that game start like that's another guy that like if he wants to be as good as he thinks he can be, like he's got to show out against Anthony Davis. Like that's just kind of a, like, that's a thing. Oh, for sure. And the signing of Christian Wood, I mean, he's putting up numbers that very few other players have put up for the Rockets through what is that? Eight games now. But yeah, I think the Lakers have played, I want to say not 10 games. So yeah, it's probably like what, like eight, 10 games or whatever. I mean, the Rockets are three and five. They've used six different starting lineups in the very, early season with a new general manager and a new head coach. And last night, I think the game took a turn. You know, you were talking about the the game from last night. The game took a turn when when DeMarcus Cousins was wrongfully ejected. There was no reason. Oh, so you, okay, so you did feel like that was uh, that was wrongful because, like, yeah, from a, my – a horrible call on DeMarcus Cousins. 
horrible. Okay, I actually, I disagree because I think that, like, I mean, I don't, like, totally disagree. Like, I think that if that had been, so, like, what he actually got ejected for, I do think under normal circumstances would have been kind of a soft ejection. Like, yes, he hit him in the face, but, like, it did appear to be inadvertent. And, like, he did, unless DeMarcus Cousins is just an incredible actor, he immediately went to, like, check on LeBron. Like, it wasn't the fake, like, oh, let me just make sure that I do this, like, just so that I don't get ejected or whatever, where it's, like, two or three seconds after. He immediately went to check on LeBron. It did look like he did. Obviously, he was trying to block the shot. It did not look like he meant to hit him in the head. I just think that because he had already had the big thing with Morris, like the refs just weren't going to take a chance of this descending into complete chaos. Like, I think if you leave him in there, like the refs are leaving up, you know, like a chance for that game to kind of descend into chaos or descend into something where someone gets hurt worse because someone's trying to put a hard foul on someone or whatever. Like, where I think they were trying to de escalate the whole situation and say that, like, in the context of the kind of thing that you got the you know scuffle whatever you want to call it it wasn't really a fight but between him and Morris where they were kind of barking at each other going up the court like I think that when you've already done that like you just can't hit someone in the head like it was already probably borderline to be a flagrant foul anyway and when you factor in that context I I at least was not surprised to see him get thrown out for that especially given that we have seen that DeMarcus Cousins has a reputation with the refs well okay I mean he got thrown out because of who we fouled I mean, let's, let's, I mean, that, that, look, that's, part, that's undoubtedly fouled, part of it. Yeah. No, it was, it was 90% of it. If you look at it, he swipes down at the ball and he made contact with his head. Now he made contact with his head. I totally agree with you, but they threw him out because of what happened with Morris, where he received a technical foul, which I thought was, I mean, it was fine. I mean, Morris started it or Cousins stood up for his teammate. And then Morris came in and did what he did and deserved to be thrown out of the game. Yeah, I, Morris. I have no problem with what Marcus Cousins did, but he also got thrown out of the game because of his foul on LeBron. Number one and number two is because of his his perception around the league. The way that the league views Demarcus Cousins is vastly different, mostly because of his own accord, but also because of his personality and the way he's acted in the league. But the game took no. a turn last night when he got thrown out because the yeah, Rockets no, definitely there, there was. A lot more intensity from the Rocket side before that happened. And then there was almost this like energy of just like, it almost seemed like resignation after he got thrown out, which I thought was weird because, like, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, he's been playing okay for the Rockets, but like, I was kind of surprised that like, normally you see that after a star gets thrown out, it's like, oh, we just don't have a chance tonight. But like, I mean, that's the Marcus. Like, you'd think that they'd still be able to muster up some level of enthusiasm, like, if they actually wanted to win that game. Like, it wasn't like one of their like, – he's probably not even top three player on the on the roster, right? Like, you know, because you got Wood, Harden, and Wall. Like, it, like, he's at best, what, fourth? I don't know if you'd even have him there. You watch the team closer than I do. Like, it was very weird that that was kind of what prompted that game kind of falling apart, I think, a little bit for you guys. Well, I mean, a couple of things. I mean, he's not the fourth most important player. Eric Gordon would be, you know, after the big three that you just named. Yeah. But DeMarcus Cousins is the only big that comes off of the bench for the Rockets. They do have Bruno Caboco, but he's honestly one of the worst players I have ever seen play in the NBA. So the Rockets don't play him. And Where is he at? Is he still like two years away from being there? Because I know he was two years away from two years away when he got drafted, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where he's at. He's not very good. You know, <laughs> who has upside, and if he can ever develop, that would be great for the Rockets. But DeMarcus Cousins is a lot more important to this team than people realize. Uh, he is two years, or he's, you know, what, seven games in played after being out for two years. So when he's in there, 
I mean, he played well. He had a three last night, or he had two threes actually last night, and he's one of the only guys that can defensively stay with Anthony Davis. Not stop Anthony Davis, but play with Anthony Davis and give him just a different body type to go up against. Yeah, well, especially because, like, like I think – like Wood is just not going to get it done there. Like as good, and he has had a good season. Like I was actually, I was looking up his averages for our preview of uh, yesterday's game, and like you know, like he's been killer this year. Like you were not exaggerating about like how good he's been through you know eight games or whatever. But like he's been really, really good and like putting up like really good numbers. But he, yeah, he's not a defensive answer for uh, like Anthony Davis as of this point, or, you know, who knows, maybe he'll bring it more on Tuesday. Like, I don't know. What has your experience been with him, like with him defensively, like just watching him from game to game? Well, to be fair to Christian Wood, there's not many guys in the league that can cover Anthony Davis. (laughs) Yes, this is true. To give a guy in Christian Wood, Christian Wood's story is incredibly fascinating because he was a rocket when he was, he was undrafted and the Rockets signed him to play in the, D League or the G League now, and he oh, I didn't realize he was with them uh, with uh, with the that was the Rio Grande uh, Rio Grande Valley Vipers, right? Very shortly, yeah. and then we ended up losing cup, you know, losing him, you know, to other teams in the league. The Rockets brought him back on a three year, forty one million dollar contract. This kid, has, he's big. I mean, he's a, he's a legit seven footer, but he needs to put some some muscle on. And it's a lot like what the Rockets went through with Clint Capella. When Clint Capella was drafted, I believe 21st out of Switzerland, real lanky. He had really tremendous upside, but he needed to put weight on. And in order to become a defensive anchor, which he eventually did become, Christian Wood has to do that same thing. Luckily, being here in Houston, he's got Akeem Olajuwon at his disposal. But offensively, Christian Wood is a monster. I mean, he has he's the perfect pick-and-roll guy to play with James Harden You know, near the basket. He's exactly what Harden needs defensively he's not the anchor just yet but give this kid another year or so and he's going to be an all-star he has every no. tool you need for to be an all-star in the west I, I could i could see it too especially because like you know we've seen like there aren't a lot of like traditionally sized like big men for those spots too and so like i think the bar for that has gotten a little bit lower like than it would have been like in years past like so like all i'm saying is for lakers fans like where that might sound outlandish that like christian wood's gonna be an, like, it's really not like he's been he's been number one he's been that good this year like i don't know that it's out of the question that he'll make the game like this year like i, I you know i'm not it's not a certainty by any means but like especially Especially if like if Houston doesn't have a winning record, then he'll probably have a pretty hard time making it as a reserve on the coaches' selections or whatever. But like you know, he's been you know again, it's eight games, but like he's been All Star level, I would say at least off like offensive production wise. When you're looking at his averages and things like that, like just really, really like versatile player too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we have it's money well spent, you know. Here, yeah. One thing that the Rockets are going through right now is some growing pains. You know the. The, the fact is, you know, a team like the Lakers who, you know, the rich get richer, you know, being able to sign Montrezl Harrell and, and having another year of, of uh, you know, Horton Tucker. I think you upgraded with with Dennis Schroeder over Rajon Rondo, you know, giving Kyle Kuzma his deal. You know, those types of things, you have, you have a lot of continuity on that team. The Rockets do not have that. The Rockets have been ring chasing for, as you know, the past five years, let's call it. And this year, new GM, new head coach. Christian Wood coming in, John Wall for Russell Westbrook. This team is going under a lot of changes with, you know, very little time between last season and this season. It's not an easy thing to do. 
No, and so I actually, I do want to talk about that. I want to take a really quick break first, but then I do want to kind of get into this, because I think it's an interesting team and it's an interesting year for the Rockets that's really going to determine a lot about kind of what they're really going to look like for the next several years. I think, well, like decisions that they make this year are going to have ripple effects and like that has ripple effects then, you know, on the Lakers and like all like it, because this is another potential competitor in the West. This is a team that you just played in the playoffs. So I want to get into all that, but we'll do that after a really quick short break. All right, so I'm just going to run down like a list of storylines that I think make the Rockets a unique team this year and just kind of add like, you know, so you have number one, like not, and there's not even really a close number two is, you know, James Harden demanding a trade with, I believe, three years left on his deal as of right now. It's three years, right? Two years and a player option. Two years and a player option. So yeah, so basically three years with how big his player, but he could opt out because, you know, guys at that level sometimes do. Um, And so you have him opting out. You got like the major kind of philosophical shift in going to kind of playing more traditional big men, like not necessarily going micro ball around Russell Westbrook as much anymore. You have the Westbrook for wall trade, which you actually get a pit. I think ended up actually being a great move for the, for, uh, the Rockets, because not only did you get a first round pick for players that I think most people would have considered like probably about equal value trade assets other than like Wall's health over the last, which is a big if, but you know, he's looked like a better player straight up than Westbrook. And then you, the stuff that you mentioned, the new GM, the new coach, like just kind of, you know, the, you know, I would say from the outside, like, you know, look, I'll, fess up to this because I I don't think that I can joke about this on Twitter and not say it to your face, but like I've joked about the ownership situation. I'm not optimistic about the Tillman Fertitta ownership era. And then you have kind of all of this stuff coming together and like, you know, into this weird year where it's like, okay, if Harden stays, maybe they can compete, but if they trade him, like, are they going to tank or how good can they be? But they still have a bunch of guys that are like, you know, you have walls money tied up now long-term, which, you know, you were going to have Westbrook on that either way. So like, it's not that big of a deal, but like, you still do have significant assets committed. You just committed all this money to Christian Wood, who again, like he's a good, or I guess not all this money. That's a relatively cheap contract, but you have long-term pieces that look like they could contribute to winning, but also possibly the star on the way out and then it's also a guy in Harden who like you know I would imagine for Rockets fans is like probably I mean maybe not right now but like before this was probably maybe as beloved of a a player there as like other than Hakeem maybe and like I'm just curious like as someone who is clearly a diehard fan like how do you process just all of this and like especially the heart like I guess the Harden stuff hanging over all of it yeah look the James Harden is the second greatest Rocket to ever play the game for the Rockets organization. Period. End of story. Yeah. Uh, in my book, in my book, you know, people will will try and put other names up there, Clyde Drexler, but look at Harden's numbers. You know, since 2012 and 2013, Harden has scored 5,000 more points than any other player in the league. That's actually a crazy stat. I did not realize that he was that far ahead. That's it. That's incredible if you think about it, right? Yeah. And people who want to dog on James Harden need to understand the fact that in his time in Houston, you have to think about who's the best player he's ever played with as a Houston Rocket. He's been a Houston Rocket for eight seasons. Dwight Howard? Well, Dwight Howard. I'd say Chris Paul. But like uh, like that year when they really pushed the Warriors and I think would have won a title had, you know, Kevin Durant not been able to go to the Warriors. Like, So think about this, right? Think about the fact that the greatest player that, that you think that Harden has ever played with 
he was already past his prime. His best years were with the Clippers and with the Hornets. So you're talking about a guy he that, was, To be fair, he was really good in Houston that year still, though. Hard. Like, he was – yeah. No, but Harden was also the best player on that team, bar none. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. about the greatest player that Harden has played alongside as a Rocket. So you say Chris Paul. Then you go yeah. to Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's best years were when he was in Orlando when he took that team – one of his teams, the Turkaloo team, and I think that Chris Duhon or Shard Lewis, to the NBA Finals. So it's a fact that he hasn't played, and then you say Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook was at the end of his prime, at least in my eyes. His best years were in Oklahoma City. James Harden oh, is easily. Yeah, there's no debate about that. <laughs> yeah. James Harden has never played with a player in the absolute best part of his prime as a Houston Rocket. That's a failure on the front office of the Houston Rockets. Not for lack of trying, but that's just a fact. Look at guys all across the league. Steph Curry got to play or is playing his prime with Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. LeBron is now doing that in L.A. with Anthony Davis. He did that in uh, Miami with Chris Bosh, who I think his best years were in Miami. And Dwayne Wade, at least part of his prime was there. Now he got to do it in Cleveland with Kevin Love and with Kyrie Irving. Like, that's my point, is that everybody who wants to dog on Harden, get the man some, some help, some legitimate help. Is how yeah, I it, about James Harden. I, I number one, I'm glad to hear you say that it's on like uh, you know management, not for lack of trying, because obviously they did try. But like you know, I think too often like fans of these teams are like they almost forgive everything that management does because like those guys aren't necessarily going anywhere, especially in the case of like ownership. Like owners aren't going to fire themselves or anything like that, and so like you want to forgive and like see like kind of what they tried to do and then like blame the player. And so I'm actually glad to hear you say that like, you don't necessarily blame Harden for like all of that stuff. And like, look, like I I think that there are genuine criticisms of him as a player. Like, and I think that there are going to be things that he has to prove, but I do think that your point of like, you know, like, look, like if the Rockets and he, he was a part of this, but if they don't miss 27 straight threes in, I believe it was that game seven against the Warriors, like, you know, like you're possibly talking about a team that won a title. Like, I don't think, I think it's become fashionable to kind of crack on Harden. And look, I've done it on this podcast. I've done it on Twitter. It's all jokes and we're all just having fun. But like, in all seriousness, like Harden is a very, very good player and one of the best players in the league. And I do think they're like question. I think there are legitimate questions about like trading for him and all that stuff, whatever. But like, I don't think that you can necessarily like dispute what he has already done to this point. You could, you know, you could debate about how he's going to age, how his habits are going to help him. Like as he continues to get a little bit older and things like that. But like, for like, you know, the career that he's had so far, like, you know, n- number one, that that 5,000 point stat is incredible. Um, but like, he, he's been one of the best players in the league, like an MVP candidate for the last several, well, probably not last year, but like most years before that. And like, you know, I, I do think that it has swung too far in the like clowning direction, even though I do think there are some criticisms of him. There's definitely criticisms that are warranted, but he's a top five player in the league. Like this is a guy that, dragged Houston teams to playoffs in the Western Conference. For years, the Western Conference has been better than the East. That, that's a fact. Yeah. You take yes. the top four in each conference, it's not even close. The Rockets were also the only team consistently that played with at the level of the Golden State Warriors. Year, I mean, they were the only team. They took them to six games. No, and they deserve they deserve respect for going for it. A lot of teams just punted those years, and like like it's like Zach Lowe always says, like they, they and he's right, like they deserve credit for actually trying and like trying to compete. I mean, but I, I'm not 
I don't follow this team. I don't follow my teams for participation trophies, which yeah. is what that is. I mean, it, I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I'm saying that's how I see it. Yeah, like, yeah. When you have a James Harden, you, it, you need to be talking about going to the Western Conference Finals at bare minimum. You know? So at this point then, hearing you say that, like at this point, like are you for them trading him? Like how, how do you feel about him at this point? Like do you blame him for wanting out? Like, you know, I know that that's two, that's two questions right there, but like I guess just all of it. I don't, bl- I don't blame him as an individual because I don't know what, is, what he's really thinking. Yeah. You know, I don't know what his intentions are. I know that here in the city of Houston, he's a minority owner in the soccer teams, the, the Houston Dash and the Houston Dynamo. I know that recently he opened up a, uh, a he's opening up a new restaurant. I know that during Hurricane Harvey, he donated a million dollars to the city of Houston when he didn't have to. I know that deep down, I think he's a really good dude. I think he's misunderstood. Would I trade him? It depends on what I'm getting for him. You know, I'm not trading him for for peanuts. You know, I'm not trading him. You know, first of all, I'm not trading him where he wants to go. You know, I don't I don't give a damn about his wish list. You're under contract for two years which means that you are an employee of the Houston Rockets. If the Rockets don't want to trade you, they don't have to trade you. If you want to sit out and you want to miss game checks, that's on you, dude. That's how well, I also, And then you're going to you're going to get situations like last night where even though like, you know, he had great like his numbers were great, he just did not look engaged for like the majority of that game or at least not like to the level that I think that we probably become accustomed to seeing from him. From for with all that being said, you know, you touched on it earlier, the Rockets were only down 12 in the third quarter. They missed two straight yeah. shots. And they had a turnover, which led to a 7-0 run. The Lakers went back up by 19 points. You know, if those couple shots go in, it's less than a 10-point game going into the fourth. Now, did he look engaged last night? No, not particularly, not in my eyes, which is unacceptable when you're playing the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, last night was not all on him. The fact that P.J. Tucker only scored four points is unacceptable. He's making $8 million a year. The fact that Eric Gordon you know, only took two shots last night and looked absolutely lost on the offensive and defensive end is completely unacceptable when he's making $18 million a year. So no, last night is not completely on James Harden. And no, no, to be clear, I was not saying it was, but like, I'm I'm talking about what I've you see it all the time. Like these people are clowns on Twitter who want to come at Rockets and say, no, Harden sucks. First of all, Harden does not suck. Oh, you just you should move on and just give the guy what he wants. Why? He's an employee of the Rockets. It's like any other guy. Well, you know, yeah, I think to be fair, you know, and, and you, it's what Anthony Davis did, which I thought was so absolutely just wrong. What he did to the New Orleans Pelicans, I think him basically yeah, sit, no. sitting out and saying I'm not going to play for you until you trade me was wrong. Any any athlete that does that is wrong. To be to be clear, he did not sit out because they weren't going to – they sat him out because they were planning to trade him and wanted to keep him healthy and with his history of little knickknacks and whatever. Like he wanted to play. That was actually a genuine – they filed a – him and his agency uh, filed a complaint with the league and the Pelicans had to start playing him more because they were basically resting him to preserve a trade asset, like thinking, you know, look, he's not going to play for us moving forward. We're not making the playoffs. Like And like I, I think – you know, I'd be – like, I'd be intellectually dishonest if I sat here and criticized Harden, you know, when I didn't criticize Davis for doing the same thing. Like, I think all of these guys have a right to, it's just like you or I, like if we wanted to leave our jobs and we were under contract, like we could try and find a way to like resign, to leave, to what, it's obviously different with like regular jobs that aren't like multi-year deals most of the time. But like, um, like, you know, 
everybody has a right to want to work where they want to work, but that also doesn't mean in the case of the NBA that the team has to do that. In the case of the Lakers and the Pelicans, the Lakers were clearly offering the best package like of any of the teams. And look, some of that was because Anthony Davis helped drive leverage down by saying that he only wanted to go to the Lakers. He had less years on his contract. Like all that stuff is real. But like, I don't think that just like, I don't think the player owes it to the team to be like, oh, well, I signed this deal, you know, when we were really competitive and now we've kind of flamed out. I want to go somewhere else. Like, I don't feel like they owe them like, no, I want to stay here because two years ago or whatever, like I signed an extension. Like, I also don't feel like the team necessarily owes it to the player to trade them where they want to go when they have that many years left under contract. Like the Rockets have to get the best package for themselves that they can get wherever it's from. It it just like, because of the nature of these things, that best package may end up coming from the Nets because if these other teams don't have any assurances that he wants to stay there and, you know, who knows, maybe that changes with like Philly. He has some familiarity, obviously there with Maury and like, you know, maybe there's another team. It seems like each week, like, you know, him and his, actually, he doesn't have an agent, right? So whoever's doing his leaking for his camp, like, let's be known, like, you know, one more team that he'd put on his list, it feels like every week or so. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's just a weird situation when you consider like, that this looks like a team that kind of could win, but then they have this, like, not necessarily win the title, like, I don't think that they're going to win the title this year, but like, they, you know, they could compete for playoff spot and stuff like that. But it's just like, you know, are they going to trade? Are they going to blow this up? It's just a very unique thing, especially in like an already kind of strange year. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's I bring up the the Davis story because I I think you're you're 100 percent right. But I think if he really wanted to play, he would have pushed it. And I think he, I, I, I just thought he owed it. Well, to- he did. To, to be clear, he did push it like that's That was a thing where they went to the league and had like that's out there. They uh, yeah, like they- I, I've read it. I've read yeah. it. And I just he looks soft to me just as an outside observer. Observing the situation at the time, he looks off to me, which is fine. Look, people for the for the for the Pelicans thing. Yeah, what 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 is soft about that? I'm actually genuinely curious to hear your thought process on this. I like what is different between that and what Harden is doing to you? Because Harden's actually playing. So look, I'm saying that he Anthony Davis was the focal point of that franchise. And if he really wanted to play, I get the whole the, – the, they went to the league. I get that. I think that a lot of that was PR, which I don't blame him for. He eventually got to where he wanted to go. He wanted to play with LeBron. I, I think, actually I, – I actually could not disagree more. I think that like – Everybody loved to play with LeBron. Harden would love to play with LeBron if, if the – No, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the wanting to play thing. Like I don't want to get too hung up on this for like, you know, a bunch of time. But like I just think – like I just would not be doing my job if I did not push back a little bit. Um, but like I just think that like they're just two totally different situations where like the Pelicans, I think they knew that year was over and just didn't want him to get hurt. Like and so they were sitting him is my understanding of that. And like he had so publicly – like Flint, whereas Harden, like, you know, yeah, he did like the whole like show up late to camp, whatever thing. Since he has shown up, like he's been playing, he hasn't really said anything about it and all that stuff. Like Davis kind of dropped that bomb on them. And then like heading into the all-star break where it was all anyone wanted to talk about, like, it's just two very, very different situations. I think, especially with like the Pelicans already knew that they were out of contention for a playoff spot at that point versus like the Rockets, like, you know, they still want to have a competitive team. And like James Harden is also like, you know, I think is like, he is the engine of everything that they're doing in terms of like actually trying to get there. Whereas like Davis, you know, like they knew that they were out of it. Like, I think that if they were in contention for a playoff spot, they would have kept playing him. 
but like they wanted to preserve those trade offers. No, I, I, we can, but leave. anyway, we can leave. Yeah, it. we get, but anyway, uh, like I, I, going to these teams in current times now, that was actually not a direction I expected us to go in, but that was, uh, it's good. Um, I, uh, just like, what do you feel like these two teams as we like wrap up here, but you know, they're going to play again to, uh, I guess Tuesday night. Um, I, I, you know, if the NBA continues to play games, I guess like we're seeing, uh, you know, as like going around the league, a lot of games are getting suspended. Like who knows if the, this is the next one. So, you know, we, as we are recording this, this game is still going to happen on Tuesday. I guess I should uh, specify, but like, what do you feel like these two teams can kind of learn about themselves from going into these matchups? Cause like, I think for the Lakers, we saw a little bit of a glimpse of it yesterday where like, I feel like they can kind of like the, Number one, they're clearly still at their best when they're getting out in transition. You know, we saw with the return of KCP yesterday, he just makes them a faster team. They're able to kind of get more stops, get out on the break. And they're just a lot better when they're doing stuff like that than kind of playing with the slow, like grind it out that we've seen them do a lot this season because look, it's hard to run. They're coming off a short turnaround. Like, you know, I get it. Like from, you know, human physical toll of it perspective, but you know, and we're also seeing, and this is obvious, but like they're a much better team with their engaged like when they're engaged like I I think that Anthony Davis like I don't want to say he like took it personal like this isn't like a Jordan brand meme thing but like a, a Jordan meme thing but with Davis yesterday with Christian Wood saying he circled that matchup on his uh like on his calendar like look as a competitor with Davis not that that was disrespectful of Wood to do that but how could you not be like oh you have this someone circled like this is like a big matchup for you and you know that this guy's gonna come at you and I think that maybe activates you a little bit more when you're you know like a team that's competing for a title and you're like you know a guy that wants to be considered one of the best players in the NBA and so I, I think that we really saw those two things but I'm curious about what you like, like, what was there anything that surprised you about the Lakers yesterday? Just as kind of an outside observer, kind of probably watching them, I would assume, really closely for the first time this season. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis is really good at basketball. Yeah, and, no, it's still true. You know, that's not breaking news to anybody. Yeah. He's such a physical freak, and he's a he's a matchup nightmare for any team. And I think that you know, last night, look it. This is as true, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. Great teams find multiple ways to beat you, you yeah. know, and great players nine times out of ten, I would say, are LeBron's going to get his last night. What did he have? He had he had eighteen points, right? And and Davis had twenty seven. Most nights you're going to count between those guys. They're going to score somewhere around fifty to sixty points. Yeah. What's devastating to other teams is when. You allow guys like Horton Tucker to score 17. When you allow Harold to score 16. When you allow Kuzma to score 13. Gasol to score 6. Schroeder to score 8. Caldwell Pope at 7. All of those numbers add up really quickly when you play great teams. And look, the, last night, the thing that shocked me the most about the Lakers is, they're, I mean, their size. They're just long. You know, they're really long defensively. You know, my buddy Alex Caruso will get after you. <laughs> yes, he will. You know, he will get after you defensively. He's a little gnat defensively. Do I think he's great defensively? No, I think he's good. I think he's a good. Good. Better than average, though. Hey, that's like, you know, that's a compliment. No, I mean, I think he's a good defender. But I mean, a guy who averaged, you know, who averages five and a half points on a year, I'm not going to call a great player. But I will tell you this I would love to have him on my team. I would take Alex Caruso on my team any day of the week. 
All right. Well, that's the headline of like this podcast then I think right here is like, you know, is like you admitting, you know, the, like your faith in the goat. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, he's more of a llama than he is a goat, but you know, yeah. You know, it's one of those things that just because no, I, like some kind of he's the, the the bald eagle, like some kind of hair challenged animal. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't I don't know who had a worse hairline, LeBron or Caruso. It looks like Caruso cleaned his up, so that's the, Yeah, I, it's it's LeBron. Caruso kind of sh- Caruso realized like he shaved, yeah. he's tired of the jokes, like he, you know, looking a lot more respectable now. He has given up the ghost, you know. And look, as someone who has not been kind of like, you know, this is not a video podcast, but like I am a balding guy that is a little older than Caruso. I salute his bravery and being willing to just come home and shave the hair look and for for the the millions and millions of listeners that i hope you know the show gets look it ain't gonna change i I feel the same way about him as i do when the rockets play that's a good example and they play the clippers right and they let zubach just destroy them offensively i tell you the same thing about zubach like you can't let a scrub like that beat you sorry he's a good player you know he's not great you know that's how i feel and look, the the Rockets are stay in the league or stay in the league, stay in the game tomorrow. The Rockets have a decent shot at winning tomorrow. No, they de- they definitely do because, like you know, as the Lakers, I don't know how many of the baseball series style series you guys have played yet, but the Lakers have done a couple of these now, where they had two against Memphis, they just had three against San Antonio. Like it's tough to beat that team. Like they beat San Antonio fairly easily. They clearly weren't fully engaged the first two times, and then that third game, like San Antonio, like they had the tape at that point. Like they were ready to make their counter punch and like actually win a game and. You know, they came with like a great game plan. The Lakers still felt like they could just pretty easily beat them. And so I would not expect them to, at the very least, even if they win, I do not expect them to dominate like they did the night before, just because like, you know, like the Rockets are going to want to win this game more. They're going to come back and feel like they, you know, they're going to say the same things to themselves in their tape session that you were saying about being, you know, being able to have a potential to cut it single digits. If a couple things go differently, they're going to look at adjustments that they can make. And, you know, like we'll see if they can come back with that. And the Lakers, you know, by extension, like they've just been, you know, they're probably missing their families. They're ready to head home. And, you know, they feel like they just, they have this team. And, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of interesting dynamics that come into play with these series style stuff and it also like it's just fun because you get to look at a team like multiple times in a row and kind of see how they respond to different things like I actually hope that the NBA keeps this you know once uh things kind of go back to normal yeah I like it a lot you know the Rockets this is their second one of the year they were able to sweep the Kings at home and the Kings have had some decent wins at the time they had beaten Denver and beaten Phoenix uh so the the talent is there for those Rockets team the the game plan is pretty simple for tomorrow night uh, you touched on it earlier, you know, asking him what the Rockets need to do differently. Don't turn the ball over and let James Harden go to work tomorrow. Because on-ball defenders, I mean, there's nobody on the on the roster that he can't take whenever he wants. Well, I don't know. Taylor Horton Tucker picked him clean last night. So, you know, you got to watch out. Yeah, he did it once. <laughs> you know, let, let him get this clip and, and save it to his iPhone or his Android or whatever he has. I mean, that's fine. But he's still James Harden. You know, he needs to shoot the ball more than, than 14 times tomorrow night. All right, b- bottom line, you know, tomorrow night needs to be one of those Harden goes for 40 type of games. And you got to look at this point, the Lakers are talented enough that you just got to hope that they make some mistakes, you know, down the stretch, keep it close going into the fourth, you know, and hopefully we can come out with a win. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's going to be an interesting game and they're an interesting team. So like, I, you know, I hope people that are listening enjoyed this. I actually like, I, I think we might do this a little bit more like, you know, as the season goes on, just because like, you know, we normally, it, it's hard to like, you know, line up like a guest uh, that covers a different team on a podcast, like the night of a game. And then during normal seasons, like, okay, well, you're done with that opponent for a while. So why are you going to do a podcast the Monday after on it? But like with these ones, it's almost like, like a mini little playoff series and you get to like keep playing this team. So I, I you know, if people enjoyed this, let me know on Twitter at HM Fagan. Uh, you know, I will uh, like, we'll definitely take that into account as these series go along. Mike, I want to thank you for number one, for coming on number two, for being a good sport because I jabbed at you the whole episode. Um, and like, you know, I have shared that clip. I'm going to say like, I have shared and watched it uh, probably an unhealthy amount of times, but it was, it was one of the few things to genuinely bring me joy in 2020. Um, just like, and I'm sorry that it came at the expense of your pain. And if it makes you feel any better about like how, you know, me getting my little jabs in and whatever, it was not the worst podcast meltdown I listened to during that playoff run. Uh, the heat guys, like one of them started yelling about how he was born in the darkness and this was nothing to him and you know, whatever. So like, you, you know, it was like, it, but it was still like my best podcasting moment of 2020 by far. So first of all, thank you. Thank you for being a good sport. Thank you for coming on. Is there, a, where, where could people find you? And just, is there anything that you want to plug? Yeah, real quick. Uh, if you've got a minute or two, I mean, when this whole thing happened, I woke up the next day, this whole Caruso thing. Yes. No. So this is what I wanted to get at. I want, yeah. I want to know the inside story of the yeah. Alex Caruso. Yeah. So unacceptable. Huge deal. You know, to be honest with you. And then I get up the next day and I get tagged on Twitter and I've got like th- like 200 notifications. And just, whoosh, I mean, I'm like, I'm getting it from every single corner. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, what, <laughs> what is happening? Like, I've never like, had this. And so I made the decision early on in the day. I said, I'm in a pretty good mood, you know, today. And it was just fun. You know, it was fun going back and forth with fans. But my buddy J-Rod texted me and he goes, dude, I don't think you realize you made it on Reddit. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. And I get all these texts from buddies and they're like, you're on Reddit. You're on this. They're like, are you the Houston podcaster that lost his mind? I was like, yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> the, best part, the best part, the last thing I'll, t- I'll say about it is my buddy turned it into a, uh, a ringtone. And so I had it on my phone. And I had it, you know, on for a couple of days and I was in the grocery store and I'm walking by this old lady and it goes off and it just starts screaming. He scored 16 points. And this lady like looks back at me like, what is this young man screaming about? And I was like, oh, no, it's my phone. And I explained the whole thing to her. And it turned out she was a Lakers fan. And she was like, oh, you're the kid that lost. The- <laughs> was- this is the greatest way this could have ended. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah. She goes, can I take a picture with you? I was like, yeah, why not? Like, we're by the, the cured meats. Yeah, like- no, you're a, you're a podcast. How many times are people going to ask to take a picture with? Like, you got – I've been asked for, a, like, a selfie maybe twice in my life. You always got to take that. Like, you get to feel like a celebrity for, like, 10 seconds. And then yeah. you realize it's like, ah, oh, this is actually really sad that I'm excited about this. But um, – kid who went to the Peach Bowl. I went to the University of Houston and carved out UH in the back of my head. Uh, and took 150 pictures with people and free drinks everywhere. I will do anything for my teams, man. Like I am a diehard. <laughs> Sports is just fun to me. Like it's yeah. like for people to get upset or get pissed off about, like you go back and forth. Like I have an opinion. I'm sure tons of opinions, you know, that either people disagree with, they love, like, I don't care. Like it's sports. It's supposed to be fun. You know, life is way too short to take it so seriously. 
Um, so check me out on Beer Sports Whatever. It's my own personal podcast uh, that just got picked up by the Basketball Podcast Network, which will be launching soon. Uh, so come check it out. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be a great time. And then, of course, Harden My Take as well for, uh, you know, for yes. Yeah, Harden My Take, uh, the number one podcast for SB Nations, The Dream Shake. Check us out. Our Twitter handle is Harden My Take. Uh, you can come check me and my boy Jeremy Brenner and Ray Lucas out there. We're tweeting all the time about the Rockets, good food places to eat at in Houston, uh, why the Dolphins got screwed by the refs and not making the playoffs this year, those types of, you know, quirky opinions. So. I do have one more follow-up question, actually, that just came to mind. Did you hear the musical remix of your remarks that one Lakers fan did? Uh, yeah, I did. I actually saw it all. Uh, yeah. I, I I did a deep dive uh, into Reddit, which I've never done, and I don't think ever. <laughs> uh, I did hear the musical, you know, stylings that Laker Nation. Look, I got to say, that was a banger. Like, if you oh, like, what? if you want to come out with, like, like if you were to come out with, like, a full song of it, like, I've listened to it. You know, you're going to have to work with him and get the music rights and whatever. But, like, you know, that was, a, like, like it, was, it was good. You know, I, I listened to that, again, probably an unhealthy amount. You know, it's, it, yes, uh, to be honest with you, I did listen to it. Uh, I've listened to it multiple times. I still have the ringtone on my phone. Uh, it, it definitely brought some some humor to 2020, like you said. It definitely, uh, you know, I may put it, may or may not have it on my resume currently. Uh, the Houston podcast. <laughs> yeah, that. just like, you just got it. That's a bullet point right there. Just the oh, Houston yeah. podcast meltdown guy. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. T-shirts can made. Just, before be- we sign off here, can you can you give me a Talon Horton Tucker 18, 17 points or was it 18 points last night? Unacceptable. Can you just – can you channel – can you channel that? Taylor Horton Tucker, yeah, he had 17 points. He had 17 points. How the hell do you let a guy like Taylor Horton Tucker score 17 points? It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. <laughs> I think I think I'm just gonna clip that and just like impl- like just imply in the tweet that that was the whole podcast was just you melting down about THT and then we'll go viral again and like I'll be like oh my god the Houston podcast guy lost it again and you know then I'll just I'll like we'll cut you like ten percent of the download checks for this one. Sure. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> All right, Mike. Percent. You know that'd be cool. But yeah, whatever, whatever you want. Right, we'll, we'll figure it. We'll figure it out off air. But uh, but Mike, seriously, thank you for coming on. Thank you for uh, giving me the follow up story. That is amazing. About like actually the lady knowing you in the supermarket from uh, the ringtone and stuff. And again, this has been uh, Lakers Explained. Uh, you can search Silver Screen and Roll on any podcasting app, and you will be able to find our like every day of our podcast. We will be back with you again tomorrow after the Rockets game. And uh, you know, Mike, good luck to the Rockets. Although I'm, you know, not really because the Lakers are trying to pad these stats so they can rest guys uh, you know down the stretch of the season and uh, you know we will be again we will be back with you guys tomorrow talk to you later best of luck best of luck best of luck best of luck